Thanks for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. Greg, the, the dancing gets better when, when we're alone on a show. <laughs> <laughs> well, this show, did you get the reference to what that what that dance move is from? I did. That's uh, the, the John Travolta, yes. what is it, John Travolta, Uma Thurman, Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction. The, with Uma Pulp Fiction, there we go. Okay. Yes. So I, I got to ask you this question because I just watched Swingers. Now I know, uh, you, I know you've watched, uh, right? I love that movie. We're we're doing we're doing a top five top five mistakes, but this is a top five show, and one of my top five I think movies is Swingers. I, you know, I, I love love, I love that movie. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe it's not top five; it's top ten though. Anyway, I was thinking. Okay, as I was watching it, because it's been around, oh gosh, I, I, I think it came out in the 90s. Like, yeah, like mid-90s. Yeah. Because they had the whole swing music thing that happened right after that, yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about, because John Favreau does this scene with Heather Graham, right, where he meets her in the bar, and she asks him to dance, and he's all reluctant, and then he gets out, and they just kill it doing a swing dance on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, which scene would Russ like better? That scene or the Pulp Fiction John Travolta Uma Thurman dance at the at the diner uh, scene? Ah, right. Which one do you think is a better scene? Wow. Um, and hmm, who did a better job a, dancing? Right, right. You know, I think because the Pulp Fiction one is more classic – like you just did it, you know it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so I th- I think that's that's the the more impressive one. The I can't think of the name of the movie. Uh, La La Land. Right now, oh, I, I, now I did not watch that movie. I'll be honest with you. I watched a little bit of it. I couldn't take right. it. I turned it off. I just I don't know why. Really, you just couldn't get into that at all, huh? It was a good movie. Well, I liked it. it. Here's the thing, though. I watched it when the Giants were not in the World Series and the Dodgers were. So I think the fact that it, you know, the LA. whole LA thing, LA. <laughs> that might have had subliminally something to do with it. I don't know, but um, well, all our listeners dance, in Los Angeles right now, we I love hope you. Rest did not offend you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, go team we'll just do that that way <laughs> whichever wherever they are um but uh the scene there where the camera's flying back and forth where the guy's like playing music and then yeah. the uh, i forget her name she's dancing right like the camera work in that and there's a there's a clip online of behind the scenes of how they did that it's amazing so i, I would actually that would even though i didn't love the movie that dance scene would be the, the top for me just because of the way it was filmed now there were a lot of dance scenes in that movie so are you referring to the opening dance scene where they're or so i, I, I didn't see the movie okay okay so <laughs> but there's I one where the camera is like just panning back and forth back and forth between okay. the two in this rapid way where he's like totally intense and in playing the music and then goes back to her and she's doing oh. this crazy dance just okay. back and forth i know and it's just about. swinging yeah. the camera and it looks so cool the way that they filmed it mm-hmm. that's that's really what i got into um i feel like uh because you know we're, we're a part of the electrocast network now right and right. we have these two guys in la that we're talking to all the time which i probably just offended by you know down in the the la and the dodgers um i love la it's just the dodgers eh, you know it's, the dodgers. It, it's, it's the dodgers. 
it's in the blood. It's uh, Giants fans go back for for a long time here. So that's, that's, that's black and orange. So exactly. Exactly. So sorry about that Dodgers fan, but we've been talking to them so much about different movies and whatnot. Um, And it's gotten me thinking a little bit more about movies. And now I've been watching the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing on Disney plus, which just wrapped up a little while ago. Man, that thing is cool. I know like hardcore Star Wars fans say, oh, the Force can't do this and this. And that. It's hard to make is Star Wars fans happy. I, I didn't well, know there was something the Force can't do. It, ne- neither does Disney. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> they don't so quite get the rules of uh, mm-hmm. the Force, but that's that's one of the big fights on on the like the Star Wars community sites of like Disney doesn't get the way that the force works and they uh-huh. can't do this it can't do that I'm like I don't know what it does all I know is that this movie takes me back to my childhood <laughs> of yeah. seeing Star Wars for the first time and then like seeing like it's 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 interesting to me to see the stories complete you know like right. we're filling in these gaps of story and then you hear little things like in this movie, he said, uh, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm just going to go because I'm not even going to talk about the actual actors. I, he is Obi-Wan Kenobi to me right now. Right. He goes, hello there. That little line is what, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi uses in the original Star Wars. He uses it in the prequels. And just the way he said it, it gave me chills. Like, it's just like, ah, nailed it, nailed it. Yeah. And the cinematography and all that stuff, just watching it. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, uh, this whole electric cast thing, it's making me appreciate that a little bit more, which yeah. is kind of interesting. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like when we have meetings with, uh, with the electric cast guys, movies do come up very often because they're so integral in, in the whole movie community and television community for decades now. Uh, right. So that is a common topic, and I have been watching more uh, recommendations yeah. that they've given me. Actually, they yeah. like, oh, you got to yeah. check this out. You got to check this out. And I have, and they're right on. Definitely yeah. similar pace. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And so I, I've, I've, I've recommended a few. Question. Go back yeah. to my original question. Oh, okay, I, okay. I got to say, I like the swingers. Is more impressive to me what John Favreau did. Mm. As kind of the lead as a dancer, because I don't know if he had any background in dance, but, you know, John Travolta, you know, he was doing Stan Alive. So he's a trained dancer. So doing the whole scene with Uma didn't impress me as much as John Favreau doing a whole swing dance where he's working with a partner and, and they just nailed it. I love that scene. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's so much fun with that movie. Uh, it's just, there's so much goodness about it. It, it is such a, it, it, it's actually like, I think like Forrest Gump, the way that it's put together is just great. You know, like just the way that it flows through, I think, you know, like swingers is like that exactly. And I think it's harder to do in a movie like that because you're just following around yeah. two dudes, <laughs> you know, like there's not. I don't know. It's just You know, you, you, you are so money. You are so money. Right? <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that, uh, 
God, I, we were saying that for years after that movie. <laughs> we're still saying it, I think. I think we're still saying it. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, we've got, we've got a, the top five now. We, we covered the, the first five. Love so with a quick recap of that, if you if you didn't listen to the first one, if you, if you didn't, you should probably go check it out. But uh, it was trying to get rich quick, uh, assuming you have no competitors, being a weak leader. Um, being all business all the time. And we, we had two different takes on that. So check out that show to, to see what those were. And setting unrealistic goals is where we left off. Now, I set the unrealistic goal last time of going through all 10. Uh, that was way <laughs> too much to try to do in one episode. Uh, and we promised that we would do the whole thing. We had to cut it into two. So thank you for uh, listening to this uh, second episode here. And we're going to get like right to it here because we want to get into these top five. All right. But Ready. first, what? <laughs> I'm oh, in a Ryan Seacrest here. Holy. Yeah. Whereas Clay Thompson says, holy cannoli. Right. We're going to take a short break here. When we come back, we will have that top five for you. And we're going to do them all this week. Promise. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening and subscribe to DIY for Business Russ and Greg back with you. And yes, We've got the top five for you. It's it's happening right now. We will let you know what those top five uh, mistakes that small business owners make are. And I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's let's get right into it, Greg. Here, okay. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right, number five: having no rally point. So w- what they mean by this is essentially it's just about the money. There's nothing else that, that the team is rallying behind, nothing else that they really care about. Like just, it's just about the money. It's, it's just, you know, that's it. Just a paycheck. Like people don't like that. Right. I think that, you know, people need a motivation, you know, and money only goes so far, right. You know, just a paycheck. I don't know. But if you could really get your team behind whatever you're trying to accomplish, and yeah. yeah, especially, okay, let's say it's a service and you're providing and, and your mantra is let's deliver the best service possible. Let's go above and beyond. That's something yeah. that, you know, the team could get behind and really push towards uh, because you're taking care of people. And, and, I, and when you're taking care of people, usually that comes back. And people, right. the appreciation comes back. And that's what fuels people wanting to do more and wanting to give more, uh, even though they're making the exact same amount of money, right? So like I said, money only goes so far. But if you're wanting to help and you, you know, and people say, hey, thank you for doing that. I wasn't expecting that. And, uh, you know, I'm going to refer more people to you because you you took that extra step. These are things that if you could, uh, you know, create that environment in your business, I think it goes a long way. So don't make yeah. the mistake of just making it all about money. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll quote, uh, I'll, I'll make this about another actually 80s movie. I was going to say I quote the Beatles, but quoting the Beatles and an 80s movies, you can't buy me love. Yeah. Also, also a great movie. Uh, but yeah, you can't, can't buy me, buy me love. Like you, you can't just pay people to love your company, right? Because guess what? There's people out there that'll probably pay them more. And if they're only caring about just the money, then they're probably going to leave and go somewhere else because they're offering more money. Like there's got to be something else that's going to keep them in there and just keep them motivated to, to move forward and keep doing it. And that can be just the the family atmosphere. 
Yeah. yeah. We're human beings. We have feelings. We have emotions. And, you know, we're not just robots. Not yet, at least. Right. <laughs> I know AI is coming. It's there. It's here. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're not robots. You know, we can't just say, oh, do the task and get paid, right? You, we, There should be some emotion to wanting to be there, wanting to be around the people, wanting to serve. So mm-hmm. um, absolutely, I agree with this one. I'm glad this. Right. I'm glad this one made the top five. This, this, I agree with that one 100. percent I like this one too. This is number four. Cutting prices. So, so this, you, this, so they're saying the fourth biggest mistake is cutting prices. Yes. So just may, having the cheapest price, okay. not the best idea. Well, okay. Where is it? Okay, <laughs> give it to me. Let's break I mean, this one down. It it depends. I mean, if that's your business model, like, okay, let's look at fast food. Okay, right. there's McDonald's, right. which I would say is, you know, pretty much relatively the cheapest out there, right? You can get 99 cent Happy Meals or whatever they are, right? They're, they're pretty darn cheap. You can buy food. And then you have kind of next level up, which I'm just going to say five guys or something like that, right? So okay. it's a little more expensive for a burger and fries. Uh, in my personal opinion, I'm not going to even say which one I like better. Okay. So that one's a little higher. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got, you know, now there's so many gourmet burger places out there, right? So then it's even higher level than, than five guys, right? So there's, let's just call it three levels, right? You got low end, you got middle pricing, you got higher pricing, all for burgers. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to say McDonald's is wrong. <laughs> because right. look at that. I mean, they're, they're one of the biggest companies in the world. And they built it on being a very affordable, you know, burger, right? burger and fries. So I think if that's the model you're going for and you've built that model properly, I don't think that being the cheapest is necessarily absolutely wrong. Now, right. if you're not caring at all about quality and you're just saying, okay, we're going to serve you know, cardboard and say it's a hamburger for, for a dollar. Okay. You're probably not going to survive that way. So you have to, you know, be able to deliver at a certain level for the, right. for the low price. Right. But I don't think just being the low price is the biggest mistake. Yeah. I, I have to agree with you on that. Like, look at, um, uh, look at, at Costco. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm delivering this right to food too. The dollar fifty hot dog. Like they're, they lose money on that. Right, like you get the hot dog and the soda for a buck fifty, and they will never change that price. Is what what the uh, the CEO of the company says. Like that is one of the things. So I mean, it's like a lost leader, right? Like okay, right. I'm gonna go to Costco, I'm gonna get the buck fifty hot dog, and then I'm gonna go spend, you know, ten thousand dollars on a <laughs> toilet paper or you know whatever. Like I'm gonna go spend a ton of money in the store yeah. because uh, you know. So there's that. Where I feel like, because uh, uh, you know. We're, we're saying these are the big mistakes to, to make this, to turn this into a mistake. I think cutting prices once like overly discounting prices uh, to certain customers to, you know, like, so you've got somebody like, uh, that, that comes along. Oh yeah. You know what? It's a thousand dollars, but no, I'm, I'll, I'll have your, like the only, the most I'll pay for your service is 500. You're feeling desperate. You just take it. I think that's a mistake. I think that's a problem. Every single client that I have ever, ever discounted <laughs> has been a problem. It has been more work than it's worth. Well, 
I think the problem there is taking on the wrong customer. Yeah. Not necessarily discounting the price because if you know, if you know your pricing structure and it's, you know, you're still making enough margin where discounting off of the initial quote is is still okay. You're still hitting a, a threshold. I think that's okay. But I think the mistake there was taking on the wrong customer that yeah. is going to be the mistake. Well, I think what I realized was me controlling the discount was fine. Like I would give, I would put on invoices personal discount because I just liked the people and I wanted to do this, you know, uh, service. I, I, you know, wanted to be, I, I wanted to make sure it was going to happen. I'd give them a, you know, $50 or $100 or whatever, like just right. a personal discount. When I controlled it, it was fine. And those customers were great. It's the customers that came to me and I let them control the price. That was on me. And that was a bad customer because I, I switched to the, the, the power structure. So of course they're going to be a pain because they're in control, not me. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, just, okay. So going back to my history, right. I think, you know, I've mentioned a number of times that I used to custom build golf clubs mm-hmm. and part of our model was we're going to custom build you a set of golf clubs that's going to fit you better than buying something off the rack, but we're also going to do it at less cost than it would cost you to buy a set of, you know, whatever the name brand golf clubs out there, you name the brand, we're going to be cheaper than that. And we're going to have a a set of clubs that fits your swing better. So we kind of accomplished both. We went lower price, but we also went higher quality. Ah, gotcha. How how are your margins on that? <laughs> well, the interesting thing you, is to make it okay. Know, yeah, I don't, I don't I don't want to get into uh, the golf industry too much, but the large manufacturers, the margins that they make is insanely high, and oh, really? it's because I could buy the same materials without the name on it for you know what whatever we used to buy it. We used to exact same exact same heads. Uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, would be on a name brand. It just wouldn't have that name brand name on it. And then we would custom fit it with, the, you know, the perfect shaft, the grip size, all this kind of stuff um, for about 25% of the cost to the, oh, to, wow. the uh, to the end user. Gotcha. So, it's the, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's like Kirkland. Right, like they they do that. It's some major brand, and they call it Kirkland, and then all of a sudden they can charge less because, yep. But it's actually some great brand that yeah. <laughs> you don't know about. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, and that actually that gets into marketing strategy a little bit. And here is the number three mistake: is having no clear marketing strategy. Hundred mm. percent agree with this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you don't have a marketing strategy, how are you going to attract your customers? Right. Well, you know, this goes back and I, I think I've told this story before, um, but I'm going to tell it again because this it's like one of those business lessons that, yeah, you know, I listen to this a few times. If, if you think <laughs> if you think this is OK, <laughs> like it's it's, it's not. I had a friend who decided to buy a bar. He buys the bar and he gets like this big screen TV. He's turning into like a sports bar. It was like a neighborhood bar thing. He's trying to turn into more of a sports bar. He spends all this money on this huge TV. Massive. That TV's in his living room now because he didn't do any marketing to tell anybody that the TV exists. I went in there and I said, well, what are you doing? Are you doing like, you know, flyers around the neighborhood? Are you like 
like, what are you doing? Big signs, you know, one of those blow up things that, that fly all over the place. What are you going to do to let people know that this is now a sports bar and not just this neighborhood dive bar? Right. He didn't do anything. And he was done within, you know, the first year or two because he just, if you, if you put the TV in there, uh, great. You got to tell people it's in there or they don't know it's there. (laughs) I don't walk in. You turn this thing around. He had like, it was great. It was fantastic. And it was great also because it was empty. I could watch whatever I want on the TV. (laughs) Nobody was going in, but it was huge mistake that he didn't have any, any kind of a, a marketing strategy or marketing plan behind that. Marketing is one of those things where a lot of business owners know their trade very well, right? Let, let's go to, I think you, you, we were, one of our previous shows, we were talking about, you know, making a fence, using a fence company, right? The guy that owns the fence company is probably really, really skilled at putting up a fence, but he may not be skilled at marketing. And a right. lot of business owners know, like, like, okay, I used to be in the tech industry. Like these engineers that own the tech companies are brilliant coders, but they don't get marketing a lot of times. Right. So the advice right. is like, okay, you got this great product. You got this great service. Hire somebody that gets marketing. Don't yeah. try to do it yourself. If, if that's not your forte, it's okay to hire, get help. Uh, because right. if you don't have good marketing, you could have the best, like you, uh, I think on a previous episode, we were talking about you, you made a mistake on a website, right? You, you built this website. It's like, if you have this beautiful website, but nobody sees it because you didn't market it and you didn't do the right. SEO on it or SEM on it, it does you no good. Right. Same, same type of thing happens with, with businesses, right? You could have the greatest business, but if nobody knows about it, it does you no good. And you'd probably just lost a lot of money. Right. Right. And, you know, the other thing with this, too, is uh, it, it flows along nicely with this. And, and kind of what you just said here is you, you don't it, it's it's so much better to build a product or offer a product that customers want. Right. Like come up with something that, that customers want to fill a need instead of creating something and then trying to find customers for it. Like it's so much more difficult. And that, you know, going to the the website thing that I created, like there wasn't a need for it. Actually, this, this sports bar thing, there wasn't a need for it. <laughs> like, or maybe there was, I don't know, but did he do any research on that? No, like it's, you gotta like find that need and, and fill it if you can. And I think that kind of goes along with this as well on the marketing strategy. Yeah. It's uh you ever watch the show bar rescue? I do. Yeah. It's the same type of thing. That's a fun like, one. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun show. And it's it, it kind of gets into a little bit of the science behind who your market should be because they find out all the demographics of the neighborhood around where this bar is. Are they, right. you know, white collar, blue collar, male, female, sports fans, all this kind of stuff. And if you once you understand the demographic, you know, okay, this is the type of bar that would work in in this neighborhood. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's pays for itself later. Like one of the, you know, one of the things on this list was trying to get rich quick. Yeah. Well, coming up with the marketing strategy and figuring that out, finding the exact like demands of the people in that area, you're probably more likely to get rich quick yeah. <laughs> you know, like and sustain and do all that by doing that, that research. Do that research. Like, yep. do man, the research. 
there's, 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 you know, there's data out there and there's plenty of data out there. Uh, yes. You should use it, figure it out. Okay. Absolutely. Number two, uh, not being forthright. So this is about uh, essentially a business trying to cover up a mistake, a business kind of, you know, not being that ethical about these things. Not, it, you can't cover up a mistake anymore. It's now. <laughs> everything's let me, out let there. me ask for a little clarification on this one. Is this not being forthright to employees or not being forthright to consumers? They're just saying, just as a business in general, just not not being forthright. Like mm-hmm. you, you've got to be honest. You've got to be trustworthy, whether yeah. it's with your employees or or you know with the public. Yeah, a business has to have high integrity because yeah. whether it's employees or consumers, eventually they're going to see through the lies. Right. And I think we mentioned this earlier. You can't build trust. With either side, mm-hmm. whether it's employees or, or uh, the consumers, the marketplace, if you lose trust, I think it's really, really challenging and difficult to ever get that trust back. Totally. Now, businesses have made mistakes, right? They're, you know, we can go back in history and and you know find Plenty. a whole <laughs> bunch of mistakes that businesses have made and recovered from. But mm-hmm. this trust mm-hmm. one is is really really tough. Like once a yeah. leader loses trust. With with their employees, their staff, their their fans. Let's like you know, there's been a number of cases where uh, a sports commissioner will make some type of decision, and you know the fans of that sport just go, "Oh, how could? Why is he thinking that way? Why is he running the league this way?" <clears throat> I'm a big sports fan, so I, you know there, there's been numerous cases of that, and it takes a long time. Let's talk baseball. You love baseball. I do. And you, you love the Giants. And one of the most famous Giants of all time was Barry Bonds. Right, uh, right. Uh, there you go. I'm, I'm prepared. I got the hat on now. And baseball went through the steroid scandal. And, right. you know, the whole thing was, hey, everybody in the commissioner's office knew steroids was going on, but they let it go because – uh, you know, it was bringing fans in and everybody loved the home runs. And then all of a sudden, oh, we got to crack down on, we didn't know this was going on. We're cracking down. No more steroids. Well, I think the Major League Baseball lost a lot of trust when when they totally. had this whole yeah. scandal. Yeah. And it took, them, it, it took them years to get these fans back. Totally. Totally. And, and you know, never the- came back. Yeah, and and we talked about in the sports show uh, that we did recently, where we we uh, we're talking a little more sports than we usually do, which was which was great. Fortunately, we're talking football, which I can't really comment on. <laughs> but we talked about how football is more kind of dom- the dominant sport, right? And part of that's the marketing, but I also think that part of it goes back to that that huge mistake that they made yep. by just not saying, yeah, you know what, we know it's there, it's a problem. Right, we apologize now, or something. Now right, banning people from the Hall of Fame uh, in, in baseball because they were, yeah. you know, they they were done. They were, I guess, proven to do use steroids. It's like mm-hmm. you knew it, and now you're penalizing yeah. the players. Like they they brought right. so many fans joy, and they did it with you knowing what how they were doing it, and now right. they ban them from the Hall of Fame. I I I, yeah. I, I have a difficult time. Uh, respecting that decision. Well, and so now, you know, there's like, 
not as many home runs or, you know, like whatever, like there's these different changes that they've made. Right. People are are like, are now saying that they're making the balls different. Like -hmm. they've changed the way that the balls are made because they, you don't want less home runs or they want more home runs or whatever. So they have these little elements that they're controlling within the game. And I feel like we probably wouldn't even be talking about that or noticing that if, they were more truthful about this other situation. Of course, if it never happened, but it's like now because we're, we don't trust major league baseball, we don't trust them for anything. And it's yeah. going to take forever to build that back up for, for just about anybody at, at this point, I would think. Yeah. What, what it does is in any business, when you're caught, uh, you know, basically covering something up, it's everlasting doubt. People are going right. to have doubt as long as people remember right. that cover up. Whatever it is, they're going to doubt you from that point forward. So I read a ton of psychology books. It's like, I feel like, you know, like I said, for this show, I didn't know this was going to be a psychology show, like our business show, right? Like, but everything is, everything's around it. And it's just fun to kind of get to know um, myself and others and, you know, like learn all of that. One of those books that I, I just finished, and I can't think of this study, but they were talking about... Uh, a study where they had uh, like a thousand participants. So it was a nice sample size. They went in and they did these interviews and 500 of them did interviews with somebody that uh, spilled their coffee on accident during the survey. And it was just a survey that they were taking, right? The other 500, the, the person did not spill their coffee. Okay. Who got more trust? The person that spilled the coffee right? They showed their vulnerability and they actually were more trusted, right? And I believe that if you actually admit your mistake and you know, hey, you know what? We screwed up. We're sorry. We're going to do this to fix it. We're not going to let this happen again. We've put in these systems in place to fix it. You know, you do a proper apology and a proper analysis and you do the the full reporting on it. You're going to end up in such a better spot than you would otherwise. By just trying to cover it up and you can't cover up things these days right i mean <laughs> shoot, ask, ask bill clinton you yes. know like you can't cover up <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> yeah i mean everybody's got a phone that records whether it's sound or video and every every building has a you know camera outside inside yeah it's pretty tough to yes. cover anything up Yes, we'll we'll go to another movie uh, well, twin peaks or, or x files the truth is out there <laughs> that's true let me ask you a question about that uh, psychology experiment. If mm-hmm. the person that spilled the coffee, spilled the coffee, but then said and tried to give some reason why the coffee was spilled, not necessarily that, oh, I've, nah, I just messed right. up. I bet you they would have less trust than the person oh, that totally. didn't spill the coffee. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that's that's the other thing is like um, – you can make a mistake. Ex- accepting don't, the blame. Yeah, just don't try to cover up and say it was somebody else's fault or there right. was some other reason. Just admit to the mistake, yeah. right? It's okay. There there was a time, and as a manager, you know, like I felt at times I needed to protect the team. Now, as a manager, I was ultimately responsible for everything, right? Everything that my team did, it was either my win or my loss. And uh, there was a time, and I don't think you've heard this story. There was a time where something got really screwed up. <laughs> and this is where you and I were working together. Yeah. Really screwed up. And 
it was a huge mistake. I took the blame for it. I just, you know what? This is me. I chatted with the person that actually made the mistake and let them know, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, this is, this is my fault. I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have done this. My, my, my method there was to teach them that this is what they should do in the future. I took the blame for it. And the thing was, it actually, at the end of the day, it spun around and it actually made me look like a better person. (laughs) Like it actually benefited, you know, and then I think that person saw that and, you know, they realized like, okay, I can take the blame for things. I can be okay with, with these screw ups. I can be okay. If I screw something up, I can admit it. I can say that it's a problem and I know that things are going to be okay. And maybe, (laughs) hopefully. (laughs) I don't want to go down the rabbit hole on this one. But who was it? No, I'm just joking. So, <laughs> but, but okay, if they know that you're going to take the responsibility for their mistakes and you're going to cover for them, you know, maybe they need, there has to be some accountability. So I, I'm guessing they need to be accountable to you. Yeah. But as a manager, I don't think you always want to be the scapegoat either. No, 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 definitely not. But the thing is, for this particular situation, it was where, you know what, I am ultimately responsible for this. Like I am the person that screwed up by assigning it to that person. I am the person that didn't check it. I'm the person that didn't, you know, make sure that everything was. So I do feel legitimately it was my fault. Right. Okay. However, I needed to tell that person and make them accountable to me saying, hey, you messed up this, you messed up this, you messed up this. And if you wouldn't have done that, then all would have been good. But I'm taking the blame. I'm taking the hit on this one because it's 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 my fault. So I just feel like that built trust mm-hmm. in me on both sides of that. And I think it it helped that person grow a little bit too. Good. Yeah. I, I um, and the name of that person was, I'm just kidding. We're gonna take we're gonna take a break. No, no. We're gonna take a break. Yeah. No, we are actually because oh, we, are. <laughs> we are. Yeah, we're gonna do that. Uh, because we've got the number one item coming up and I got to build that tension a little bit more. So when we come back, we will talk about the number one mistake. According to this list, (laughs) we'll see if it actually is, but I think it is actually pretty good. We'll talk about it next. All right. Thanks for listening and subscribe to DIY for Business, part of the Electricast Media Network and the Best Business Network. Uh, lots of great podcasts on the Best Business Network. Please do go check those out. We like to talk about them on the show because they're a lot of fun. We're listening to them all the time. So please do go check those out. It's uh, it, it, That's one of the things about business. You, you, you always got to be learning. Yeah, you know, there's always something out there. There's, there's uh, mistakes that people have made, and that's one of the reasons for like these last two episodes. We're talking about the biggest mistakes uh, right. that business owners uh, made, and you can learn from others. You know, like so you don't make these mistakes, and I and I think that that's one of the reasons why you're always reading, always learning, just always, always research. Listen to podcasts, listen to these always podcasts. Listening. Exactly, Hopefully they help you. Exactly, and there's what 12, 13 of them, something like that. So. That should just be all you listen to. Forget all the other podcasts out there. Uh, just listen to the Best Business Network podcast. Um, all right, Greg. So we've gone through. Um, I'm not going to go through and recap all all ten of these. Uh, I feel as though I should. Like that would be the radio thing to do and make people wait even longer. 
Well, I'm not going to do that. I can't remember. Did Letterman do, do all nine leading up to number ten? I know he listed well, them on just, the screen. Yeah, he no, he just did the he just did the full the full run through. But I, I feel like all those morning shows they would just they would run through it one more time because you know people don't listen for more than whatever, and there's the. <laughs> You, know, right. you got 15 minutes of listening. No, I can't wait. I can't wait. Let's get to this number 30 one. minutes now. I, I can't Let's take do it, it anymore. All right. We'll do it right after that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Here we go. Number one. Let's do it. All right. Here it is. And we have talked about, actually, how about this, Greg, before I do mention it, do you want to take a guess at what it would be? The number one mistake. Yeah. Yeah, now now I should be playing like Jeopardy music, but then we'd have to pay Jeopardy. Oh, we just got a copyright I mean, strike. We covered, we've covered so the the first nine really covered the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. No, I, I'm not yeah. gonna think guess. What's the number yeah. one mistake? Yeah, trying to do it all. Ah, well, See, this there, one for sure for, yeah. for small business owners. Oh, totally. And you kind of alluded to this when we were talking about the marketing side of things and just trying to take on things that you're the fence company, you don't know marketing, or you're the web company, you don't know marketing, like let marketers do it. Um, it's, well, yeah, we, it's a problem. We've talked about this in the past, like you weren't a big, uh, you weren't big into accounting, you know, for your business, but for a number right. of years, you were trying to do the accounting until you made a huge mistake and it cost your company a lot of money. You realize, ah, oh, I better get somebody to do the accounting for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, I hated doing it. And what I never realized was, I, and I don't know why I didn't think about this, but I never thought about the cost on myself that that was the toll that was taking, not just yeah. the time, but like the energy, the effort, like after, you know, whatever, putting together your taxes for the year, do you really want to go? create a cool marketing plan or create you know, like a cool video or do something that is going to market your company. No, you don't feel like it. And, You're beat. Yeah. And I don't like when I see a boss wanting their fingerprint on every single decision, even mm -hmm. though they have employees and they have managers, stuff like that, like everything's got to run through them. Like, you know, every decision, small, yes. medium, big size, that micromanagement of the entire company, I just don't see that working very often. It just creates a huge bottleneck. Time, and nothing gets done. Right? Right? Nothing yeah. gets done on time because you're always waiting for some response. And, right. And you're only getting one person's point of view. Right? right? If you're trying to do it all, you're only getting one point of view and and you know, you're hiring people because you trust them and you you value their opinions and to not necessarily listen to it and just everything's got to be your way. Uh I think isn't a, usually a very good way to do handle your business. I I think that type of manager will be great once AI and robots have completely taken over. <laughs> if you're if you want to make all the decisions, you better have People that don't bring their own opinions that or you know, robots rather, that don't bring their own opinions that well, are just okay here. with pushing buttons, you know? I mean, AI is gonna learn the better way to do things. What happens oh, if the owner doesn't agree with the AI and the AI right. has the better solution? Well, so see, that's that's gonna, gonna be the like, case. Yeah, they're gonna unplug the robot. Like, well, come on. That's gonna, <laughs> like, you that's gotta gonna be listen. the case. Uh, uh, and and here's here's our new business idea, Greg. We, we and we're not going to make the mistakes of of these ten mistakes with this business idea. A like so, 
AI needs to be trained, right? AI is nothing until you you train it. So you go through and you're basically telling, you know, having it make decisions or you're feeding it past information. And that past information is controlling like what the decisions the uh, AI is making, right? Right. What you do is you, you, you have it so that it only looks at the decisions made by that manager, that person, that owner. Yeah. <laughs> the custom built AI that is just for that person. And that way, every single decision is, is exactly what they would do, not the right decision. <laughs> right, right. We need yeah. to. This is, this is a good number one. Uh, because I I do think uh, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that this is the biggest mistake, but I mean it's so common. This, I think that's why I agree with this one being somewhere near the top, if not the top, because it happens so often. Like yeah. you know, you and I work with you know thousands of businesses. And a lot of times we're dealing, at least the two of us, we're dealing with small to medium-sized businesses. And mm-hmm. then when they're at that size, this is a super common mistake. Totally. Super common yeah. mistake. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's, it's a control thing. You know, they go, hey, if I'm, if I'm going to run this company, I want to control, you know, the outcome. And I'm not going to rely on somebody else's decision to affect my bottom line for my company, right? It's all me, 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 right? It's got to be, it's got to have more input than, you know, just one person. Right. And see, when you get into that too, you're, uh, oh, by the way, the the name of the AI that I'm going to come up with is YMAI, which is Yes Man AI. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm going to work that idea and I'll see if the domain's available. But um, in that, you get to this weird point. It's almost like, um, God, it's, it's, it's like a, uh, what's that called? A God complex, you know, where like, Oh, I am always right. I am the smartest person. I, you know, and what that does is it starts to make it where you start to look at data, look at your company and how it's running and because it's following the path that you said, you're thinking everything is running well and you're not really looking at it truthfully to yourself. And you're probably hurting the business because you're so involved with everything and because you're so into everything. You're, you're bringing in your bias and especially your, your own idea bias. Oh, it's my idea. It's got to be great. It's my idea. It's got to be working. And it's just a huge mistake to, to, to do that, to not allow those other voices to step in or just allow people that know that particular thing better. Like it, it for instance, uh, you know, I, I know the, the, the digital side of things, right? Like SEO, I will talk to clients all the time about search engine optimization and they have their own ideas on what they think will work because, they're trying testing this, that, whatever. And, oh, it worked one time back in 1994, so it's going to work now. <laughs> well, Google wasn't around back then. And <laughs> yeah. uh, what worked a long time ago is not going to work now. Or, or it's now been deemed a, a black hat technique that shouldn't be done. And it's going to end up hurting you more than helping you. And it, it's like, I feel like they don't know that. They don't have 
the education, but they have these ideas. Mm-hmm. And because maybe it worked at one point, they just want to do it. And then it ends up tanking their site or hurting their site, which in turn hurts their profits, hurts their business. I feel like those things you just need to leave to the professional. You, you obviously you got to be selective. You got to pick the right people because like my mistake, you know, like you mentioned, like I, I didn't love the accounting thing. A huge mistake happened. Well, guess what? I was going to, I won't say the name of the company, um, but I was going to essentially a personal tax person, not a professional business tax company. And that was my mistake. I needed to hire a real accountant and not, you know, go to, um, this place. Uh, <laughs> uh, I won't say the two letters. There's two oh, letters in the name. Okay. Um, <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> you might. Um, but that's what, what messed me up was I picked, I, I was trying to do it all myself and I was going the cheap route, wasn't, didn't want to spend a lot of money in it. And it just ended up costing me way more than um, it, it should have. Yeah. And that was, that was my, my huge mistake. Yeah. I think that sometimes uh, people that make this mistake, not only do they, you know, think that there are, well, I'm going to take it a little different direction. Sometimes they know they don't know it all, but they just don't want to relinquish control. They're going, yeah, "Yeah, I just want to make every decision. I know I don't know it all. And I'm going to go down with my decisions though. And I don't care. And I right. think that's even more damaging sometimes. That's, it's like, it's oh dangerous. my God, yeah. you're just so blind that mm-hmm. there, you know, there are other ways and better ways. So anyway, right. I, I, I'm looking at the clock and I know we're running out of time, but this is a good number one. And I, for all our listeners out there that are small to medium sized businesses, I mean, uh, consult experts in, in different areas yeah. to improve. It, it's okay to get help. Right. It's one of the yeah. things that, uh, you know, why podcasts are out there, why books are out there, why industry experts are out there, consultants are out there. Uh, finding additional resources uh, is always a, a good thing when you've kind of vetted them and, and you know, you found that, that you can trust them. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, I mean, we, we <laughs> I feel like this number one thing, like you said, hey, we're looking at the clock, we're running out of time, but this is one that I feel like we could just go on and on and on about. Like, yeah. this could be an entire podcast. Well, we've seen this. We've seen this <laughs> mistake this. too it's, often. It's it's made too often. And, and here's the thing. So we've given you 10 things. You've probably made some of these mistakes or are currently making some of these mistakes. Reflect on it. Think about it. Take responsibility and just see if you can make a change to make these better. Just accept it. I mean, of these 10, I, I don't know. I don't know how many of, of the mistakes I've made of these 10. I'd have to, I, I, I didn't keep count in my head. Maybe that's one of the mistakes, but <laughs> I'm sure I've, you know, made a ton of mistakes in, in the business yeah. world yeah. as, as I've gone through and guess what? That's why I've learned so much. <laughs> You know, so learn, these are these learn. are learning spots for you, yeah. and just I, take I, that, I accept have, it, yeah. move on. I have you know? I've made a number of these mistakes over the years, so I, you know, it, that's the thing. We're all humans. It's okay. You know, we joke around yeah. about the AI thing. We're not run by you know machines yet, <laughs> so right. we're, we're still humans. We make mistakes, but as you said, let's learn from the mistakes and be better. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Greg, I'm not going to be here for next week's show. I'm going to replace it with AI. Uh, that's just going to come in and, and, and do the show for me. Is that right? Thank goodness. 
Oh, did I say that out loud? Oh my goodness. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I'm kidding. Kidding. Uh, no, we'll, we'll both be here uh, next week. So be sure to listen next week. And the best way to do that is to subscribe. We would love to have your reviews of DIY for Business as well. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, whatever it is, go to that platform, review us. Uh, it, the easiest way to review us is just to simply click the five star. That's that always works. I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that, but that's that's all right. Uh, we'll just go with it. Uh, all the information provided is opinion based, and you might want to consult a professional to discuss your exact business situation. Greg and I, well, we want your company to succeed, and we're happy to take your questions. We would love to hear your suggestions for future episodes. Just head over to DIYforbusinesspodcast.com. The link to that is in the podcast description. We thank you for listening. It's been so much fun doing this like solo show. Don't worry. We're going to get some guests back too, so you don't have to hear us all the time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to DIY for Business, where you are not alone. Hello, folks. Earl Breon here, host of the Responsible Leadership Podcast, part of the Best Business Network on Electricast. You're looking for a show to bring you some of the best leadership advice from some of the top thought leaders around the globe. This is the show for you. You can find us on all the podcast platforms of choice or on social media by following me, Earl Breon. B-R-E-O-N. Or Whatever Movies is our podcast. A movie discussion podcast hosted by yours truly, Iris, and my older brother. I'm Wesley. So we talk about recent and favorite feature films. In a brotherly and sisterly way. <laughs> is that good or bad? It's great. And between the two of us, we've seen thousands of movies. So check out hundreds of episodes at orwhatevermovies.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And subscribe to Or Whatever Movies, presented by Society 13 and the Electricast Network. Electric acid.